gentlemen, listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast. Learn how to leverage multifamily and residential properties to provide short-term housing accommodations for high-paying clients. With years of experience in hospitality and sales and marketing, your host, Noble Crawford, invites you to listen in and access these gems as he shares the mic with some of the biggest influencers in the game. Rocking with the best. His expert panel of guests share their knowledge, best practices, strategies, and resources to help you generate crazy cash flow. Combining real estate and hospitality. So listen up. Here we go. Here we go. Here we All right, go. folks. Here welcome we to another episode of the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast. I am your host, Noble Crawford. And today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, a topic that I've been looking forward to covering this season for some time now. And so our special guest today is affectionately known as Mila, the housekeeper. <laughs> and uh, so, 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 so Mila has a company, a housekeeper. So what she does, she cleans, stages and supports other uh, STR hosts, right? In, in their properties. And so I am going to uh, let Mila do a quick introduction of herself for those of you who are unfamiliar with her, but Mila, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Noble. What's going on crew? I'm Mila, the housekeeper. Um, and I call myself Mila the housekeeper because I'm not a housekeeper, I'm a hostkeeper. We take care of the host. Um, like Noble said, we clean, stage, support, and report <laughs> to the host. So um, as of right now, we are cleaning in Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, and San Antonio. And look, going to expand, take over the cleaning world. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so let's uh let's let's start at the beginning right let's start at the top uh because i'm real eager to dive into this so tell us like what were you doing before you started your cleaning company wow uh i was doing the most <laughs> before i started my cleaning company so when i started my cleaning company i already knew i wanted to have a uh my own business but what, what I was doing before I had my cleaning company, actually, I had just come back from living in South Korea. I was living there for about a year and a half. And then I traveled uh, solo for six months after that. So um, my brother was having a baby and he's like, I'd like for you to be a, you know, a part of it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going back to the US. And uh, so I wasn't really doing anything. I was really trying to figure out what was my next step, what I was going to do. So I actually decided to start a cleaning business so that I could develop an app, <laughs> make enough money to develop a traveling app because I love travel so much. And it ended up being a, a big business. So I stay here. <laughs> nice, nice. So you were previously a world traveler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had just in uh, putting the app together yeah. that turned into a major cleaning operation. Yeah, that's exactly awesome. what happened. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So let's 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 start at the beginning of the cleaner, right? So um, when you got the idea to launch this this cleaning company, did you know initially that you wanted to cater to short term rental operators, or were you just thinking cleaning in general? Absolutely, one hundred percent short term rentals, and this is why because when I came back to the US, I actually decided to move to Austin. And I was there for only a month because I didn't have a lot of money to live there. So I was bouncing around from Airbnb to Airbnb. And actually that's where I got the idea. I went to one woman's Airbnb. We're still friends to this day on Facebook because she's so interesting. She travels the world and what she has is a house in, in the middle of Austin and she rents every single room out 
like like kind of like a hostel, but it's kind of a little bit more upscale because each room has its own key. The bedroom looked like it was a little mini hotel. Um, she put a piece of paper with all the you know information, Wi-Fi, nearest coffee shop, and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. I would love. And she built kind of like a community in her house, and she was there. Um, so I was like, man, this is nice. I would like to have a place to come back to when I come back from traveling because I came back homeless. <laughs> so I was thinking, this is a great idea. I'd like to have a place that I can go, I can have, I can travel, but who's going to take care of my place? And that's where I came up with the idea. And I actually Googled, um, you know, cleaning services for short-term rentals and I couldn't find anything. And I actually bought the name, my domain name, and I sat on it for a whole year. And every once in a while, like every couple months, I check if somebody started it. And I'm like, okay, nobody's done it. Nobody's done it. I guess I'll do it. So that's, that's how it happened. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So let me, let's, let's, let's go back to your first, uh, your first client, right? Oh. Um, your, your first uh, cleaning, cleaning business client. So how did you find that person? Like for, because I, I want to tackle a couple of things here. And one is going to be for people who also have an interest in maybe starting their own cleaning. So this part will be good. So how did you find your first client? Um, and how did you, uh, you know, how did you, did you have to convince them to, you know, let you clean their place or what did that whole process look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually my first client is still my client till this day. <laughs> that was like seven years ago. Um, and I got my first client, you know, I was, that was interesting because while I was living in South Korea, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. So Noble, like this is very important. You know, you have a podcast. I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I listened to this particular podcast on affiliate marketing, but it was like making a niche website to get number one, to get on the first page of Google. So um, after listening to the, that podcast and coming home, I had the knowledge already. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build this website. So I built my website in a weekend. It was like a drag and drop. I'm, I don't know how to code or anything like that. I built a website in a weekend and I put an ad on Craigslist with the website, but it was a pretty good ad. I think, um, with the title Airbnb cleaning in, in Houston. And, um, that's how I got my first two clients in the week, in the first weekend. And uh, I believe they called me up and uh, asked me to go stop by and I stopped by. And I think that's where um, I guess my professionalism came across. What happened was his last cleaners were so bad and he had had them for a while. He was willing to try something new and fresh. And I think I come across pretty trustworthy. I mean, obviously I have to prove myself. So he let me clean it and um he had really good feedback and so the, the next client that had that that weekend too so that's how we started and that's how we're here love it love it man you hit on a couple of things there i want people to take note of so one um you took action right that's you right. took action uh you went out you, you don't have any experience coding or anything, which is funny because you wanted to start an app and you needed to build a website. You have no coding experience and yet you did it anyway. Exactly. And so you took action on that. Um, and then you, you, you built a rapport with the, with the guy initially. Right. Um, and then you, you, you went ahead and, and locked him down. So 
So that's important. I don't want people to miss that because that's clutch. And then just the marketing side, you went out, you learned how to kind of put yourself out there, put your company out there to go out and reach the client. So that's super clutch. So awesome. awesome. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the the good stuff. Now I want to get into the actual, like I got questions for you about cleaning from a host perspective. You know, I'm sure you going to drop some gems from a cleaner perspective. So let's dive right into that. Right. So present day, if you're looking to um, take on a new client or if a client comes to you, okay, and, you know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, the client wants to, you know, you know, look at your services, maybe hire you, do this or that, right? What is your process or even do you have a process? Do you vet clients to see if they're a good fit? Do you just take on all comers? Like, what does that look like if someone reaches out to you or if you have an interest in doing business with a host? Um, well, obviously, I, yeah, we will, we will take almost everybody, but we, yeah, we do kind of have to vet, <laughs> have to vet our customers to see if they're the right fit. Um, very seldom are they not the right fit, but I do know who is not, not the right fit for us. Um, but what I normally do is, um, well now, now that we kind of have an automated process, um, potential, uh, hosts will go to our website and request a quote. But in that request for a quote, we ask for a lot of uh, very important information that we need to know. And that tells us like who the host is pretty much. Um, even having uh, a box for you to put the link of your Airbnb, that lets me know if you already have one or you don't. Are you ready? Are you not? Are you operating? You know, so that kind of thing. So also communication, communication style. Uh, if we kind of get a red flag in the beginning, you know, it's already a red flag. And uh, this business is already uh, a bit of a headache, you know, so to minimize our headaches, we have to be selective. So gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So <clears throat> from from the host perspective, right? If we're looking to bring on a new cleaner or cleaning company or what have you. Um, one of the things that's important is references, right? Um, you know, references and, you know, making sure there's a good, you know, work history and, and things like that. Um, or reviews, you know, if it's a review based system or something like that, making sure there's good positive reviews and stuff like that. And so, you know, for, for a host like myself and many others out there, um, for someone who, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they have a, a new cleaning company, right. And they don't have the references and they don't have the reviews. Um, how would they position themselves, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to attract more clients without having that in place? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I hope I watch this again. Cause I need to write down notes, <laughs> uh, because, it is very important. I don't, and I don't ever think about it too hard like that, but it is actually important to have references. And for me, um, it's interesting because yeah, I can get on the first page of Google, but with my, with my cleaning company, I kind of like even earlier this year, we didn't have that many reviews and it's because we work with a lot of bigger companies that have like a hundred Airbnbs or 64 and we take care of all of that. And so we're worried about operating that and less worried about reviews. Plus, um, we do carry individual, uh, you know, hosts who have one or two or five or 10 Airbnbs. Um, but at the same time, I, I, we, we hadn't focused too much on reviews. But 
I would give the advice the same way where you would try to find a job. Like when I'm trying to hire a cleaner, it's kind of the same way how I think somebody would want to hire me as a company. When I'm hiring somebody, I need them to be timely, great communication, just those, like I pay attention to the tiniest details in the beginning, because if you don't, it just, it just carries on. I don't, I don't really give second chances, maybe second, not third. Because in this business, you, there's no room for messing up. I mean, we're talking about this is my business. This is your business. Uh, you don't want a guest coming into an Airbnb upset because it's not clean. So if you, so you have to be timely because we already know that most cleans happen around three. And a lot of times they need to be done. Uh, they happen at 11 and they need to be done by three most of the time. So if somebody comes at me and they're timely and we say we're going to meet at this time and you come at that time, um, and you speak professionally, you don't even have to speak professionally. You just have to be inside a professional at what you do. You do, a, you come, you do a, a good job when I'm hiring somebody Oh, actually training. I kind of like go in the middle of their clean to check on them, uh, to see where they're at. If they even show up. So if you don't even show up, we're not having a second chance. So it's a lot of little, I guess, nuances that I pay attention to that people should pay attention to. I think a lot of hosts, um, I guess they want to trust that that cleaner and it is, it's hard to find a cleaner. I've talked to a lot of hosts and I didn't know it was that hard, but when you talk to them, you hear their, their issues on finding a cleaner. Um, but I think the slightest red flag is unacceptable. So that's how, that's, how, that's what, that would be my advice. Good. I love it. I love it. So attention to detail. Absolutely. That's key. I uh, mean, you yeah. can't do this job if you don't pay attention to detail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, 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 you mentioned something about um, uh, you, you mentioned in the attention detail. One of the things that we do or that we've done in the past is in our vetting process, when we're looking at new cleaners, um, if there's something we need them to fill out or if there's um, something we need them to reply to, we'll put a keyword in there. We'll make sure use this keyword in the subject line, but we'll bury that down in, in the information to see if it if they're detail oriented enough to read the description of what we're looking for and follow instructions. Yes, I do exact same thing when I'm when I'm looking for new cleaners, exact same thing. There's a call to action. And if you didn't pay attention to that, I'm going to know. And it's so simple, you know, as simple as tell me what your name is and uh, how 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 much experience you have. If you didn't read it, and you didn't, you know, text me that then I already know you didn't pay attention. And short term rental cleaning is nothing but common sense. Honestly, it's not even about your spectacular clean it is but it's really mostly common sense yep absolutely agreed agreed and then you hit on something else too you said no third chances i love that right <laughs> so for first chance yeah maybe second no third chances so so uh you know higher slow fire fast type That's of mental right, 100 yep love it love it okay you a lot of time in uh, agony <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. And then another thing you touched on, um, was that quality control piece, right? So, um, you, you do something very similar to what we do. So we have, um, we have a community manager, they'll do uh, spot checks yep. on the, uh, on the cleaners. It could be in real time during the cleaning. It could be right after they finish. It could be random. They don't know when they're going to show up. Uh, but it helps us to kind of boost our quality control because they don't know whenever they're going to get graded. So I think I love that. Yeah. That's a great. That's what we do too. I mean, you have to do it. And our, our team knows that we have to do it. I mean, how are, how are we going to judge how the, the clean is done? So 
Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, so another thing, um, so when it gets down to the actual, like, um, training part of like, like new cleaners that you're onboarding and stuff, um, how is your system set up for, uh, for, for training? Is that something I would assume like you've grown to the point now where you're not like hands-on doing that. Maybe you have somebody else doing it, but what does that process look like for kind of onboarding a new cleaner on your team? Right. Uh, I, I get, I get that question a lot and I break it down in like two different ways. Um, when I'm just looking for maybe just one cleaner, what I do is I, I put a post out, uh, yeah, we put a post out and then we call them and we talk to them and, uh, that's, that's already the first step. Do you sound like you're laying down in bed? Do you sound, are you talking to your boyfriend in the car? You know, those kind of things while I'm talking to you, people, people do that kind of things and they think they're going to get a job. It's just wild to me. So definitely. Um, yeah, that's, gotcha, gotcha. that's how I, I, I vet people for sure. Okay. I like it. I like it. So I got a two part question for you. So how important is it to um, establish expectations right with a new cleaner on the one hand and then with a new client on the other hand right setting those expectations uh you know between between the two mm, that's a good question and then i forgot that i didn't tell you about the other way that i do things <laughs> but okay let, can we go back to that question yeah absolutely the other thing that i do that i forgot to explain um if i need to hire really quickly Let's say I have a client who comes to me and says, hey, I have like 64 units. Can you handle it? I'm like, yeah, bet. let's go. So what I do is I put out a post and as, as many people as they apply, those people I get to as soon as possible. And what I do is I kind of do an orientation and I invite all of them to come. All of them to come to that orientation. I usually pick an Airbnb. We're, we're busy all the time. So I'm definitely going to have a short-term rental that's going to need to be cleaned. What I'll do is I'll set up um, I'll talk to the host and see if, uh, if the, the guest has left early. If not, we'll be there exactly at 11 so that I can show them what it looks like when it's dirty, what they've got to do. We do a walkthrough. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, if this is something that you think you can handle, put your name on the sign-in sheet and I'll get back to you. And that gives me an opportunity to look at their, you know, how they act, their demeanor. Are they professional? Did they show up on time? that kind of thing. So I also do that when I need to hire, um, a lot of people like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm gonna have to uh, steal that. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so then, um, so as far as, uh, as far as like setting those expectations, um, for the client, like if, if, if you're bringing on a new client, um, how important is that uh, for you? Oh, it's so important, especially, what, what do they call it? Like first impressions? Yeah. Fresh, first impressions really matter. So um, when we do like the first client, obviously I think everybody on my team is the best. If they're not, I already know who they are. If they, you know, <laughs> I already know who is not the best and we're working on making them better. Um, but we'll definitely going to send one of our, our best cleaners. Um, but I think, like I said, most all my team is the best cleaners. And if they're not, I got to, I got to, chop them out because I have a reputation to keep, but I will send um, one of my cleaners and they'll, they'll do a good job. And I always encourage the host, come look at it afterwards. 
And we have actually, what we really do is not only a great clean, I think it's the communication that's really important with the host. Um, They can hire us. The thing about it is I don't see how other people see things, but I know that if you hire us, we're going to give you the best quality every single time. There is no disappointing in this. And if we do, please let me know. And I'll march over there myself. Like you're not going to have a guest come into a bad clean. That's what we do. Like our job is cleaning. Sometimes I, I fight with my, you know, cleaner. Sometimes the new ones is like the job is cleaning. That's the job. So it should be clean. You know, that is the job. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So as a, so as a host, one of the things that, uh, you know, in the past that we found to be helpful for us is that when we're, when we're bringing a new cleaner on for our properties, um, before we even get to the, like the, 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 the training side, cause, uh, we have one of our community managers kind of walks in through like what they can expect, what our expectations are of them, you know, the level of cleanliness, like little hot button things that can be missed that, you know, in our experience, you know, the Keurig cup in the coffee machine, you know, is one of those common things, you know, um, the, something that was left under the bed, you know, just, just different things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, on the front end of that, what we traditionally do is we establish like this is the expectation that we have. This is the level of clean that we expect, you know, um, and in a, in a, in a certain level of consistency as well. Right. Because we we see cleaners like fall off after they get comfortable mm-hmm. and the consistency of the clean falls off. And so we establish that on the front end. We're very like upfront about what our expectations are so that uh, after that second chance. Right. There's there's not there's not a lot of room left for conversation. So I, I would imagine then like for you having a cleaning company, you have multiple cleaners under you, right? Um, when you're dealing with a, a, a new, a new client, um, what are some things like for you as the owner of your company, um, that would be, um, you know, that, that, that would be either, you know, this is not going to be a good fit for me, uh, this type of client, or, um, you know, their expectations are too much, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're too, too nitpicky. They don't leave any room for error. Like, what does that look like in terms of like having those expectations of clients? Yeah. I mean, I try to work with everybody because at the same time, it's mostly education. Usually the most picky clients are the ones who are really new at doing the STR, So I have to educate them on what is actually important and what is not so important. Of course, the clean is extremely important. The staging, the way it looks, you know, is really important. Mm. Um, There are some things that where I've had clients, you know, they blow up because the lamp wasn't where it belongs or the guest left a white plate in the, the cupboard, but the other plates are white. I can't expect my cleaners to always go into that much detail. I want them to make it clean. I want them to check if the plates are clean. I want them to know. But um, if you're gonna blow up for like small minor details, I mean, this is the thing. Our cleaners are, when you cut, when it comes to Airbnb cleaning, you have a specific skill level. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of hosts don't understand. People come with a specific Skill level. It's, they didn't go to college to learn how to clean. They are, you know, regular people. All of us should know how to clean, by the way. Um, they are regular people 
who are looking for a job. And I think it's a skilled job because it's especially a short-term rental. And you have to meet people where they are at. Some some hosts want the cleaner to be like a, a, a designer to a stage, you know, stager or whatever. We we definitely stage. But if, you know, if your fake plant is not in the right place, you know, give give us some grace. So those kind of things, when you're that nitpicky, that gives that gives me a headache and I don't I don't have any hope for her for that. Um, but usually other than that, it's not that it's not that big of a deal. I've even had clients. I have even still uh, a client where we have to go to the grocery store before and buy fresh fruit, trail mix, chocolates, water for the guest. And we always go and do that. That doesn't that doesn't bother us at all. It's the um, the overly thinking, you know, what how to do this um type of attitude you know i i feel like i am a professional so just let me do my job if any there's anything we need to discuss i'm happy to discuss it but let me do my job now people that we're definitely probably not going to be able to work with are those those vacation rentals that that have it's okay to have your personal stuff somewhat like but in maybe in another room closed you know mix with your personal stuff and your shoes and all that stuff that's hard. That's hard for us as a cleaning business because it, it doesn't really ever make us look good anyway. So those are the ones that I would I always let guide them to say, hey, you you have like a five bedroom house. Why don't you just take one bedroom and put all your personal stuff in there, your personal pictures, your shoes, all that stuff, lock it and then leave the rest out for Airbnb because it's a little looking cluttered and a little bit too homey, if you ask me so. Got it. Got it. Love it. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's get into the tactical aspect of the cleaning right now. Okay. So it, I, I would like for you to like walk us through like, um, like what is your team's like, um, cleaning process once they hit the front door to exit, you know? So like, for example, for us, um, we take kind of a, uh, there's, there's things we do in a certain order, right? So, you know, the time consuming things are going to be if you have to run the washing machine and the dryer, right? There's right. a time consuming. If you got to do the dish, you know, load the dishwasher and run it, that's time consuming. So there, there's some things we do on the first thing when we hit the, hit the unit to get the time consuming stuff out the way. Um, and then top down stuff, you know, if you've got to clean the ceiling fan dust, you know, you do, you didn't wait till after you back on the floor to do that. Right. So like, so what does your process look like from the time your cleaners hit the door till they exit? Oh man. No, well, I don't know if I can hit every single point, but <laughs> I'm going to touch on some, um, just like you said, when we go in, we go into the unit, we, we, I guess, start in the kitchen first, Make sure if there's dishes that we have to wash, make sure they're loaded in the dishwasher. Make sure that the dishwasher works in the first place. Take down the sheets, the towels, the pillowcases, put them in the wash. Those are That's the first thing everybody needs to do is start the wash because that is the most time-consuming thing to do. Once we start that, then I, I, I let them do how they do. But I suggest kind of starting from the back room forward. So usually in the back is going to be the bathroom, then the bedroom, then the living room or the kitchen. And then you, you walk out because if you like, let's say we're talking about a, a small apartment, usually the bathrooms in the back in the back, maybe left corner. Got to do that first clean um, vacuum, move on to the next room. Same thing. Clean all the surfaces, make the bed, um, look under all the beds, open all the cabinets. 
move into the living room, open the sofa, go through there, dust everything, look for the ceilings, you know, cobwebs if it needs to, and then move to the next place. Because I personally don't like people going back and forth through the rooms because you're probably bringing in dust and dirt and hair and forgetting things. So I like to teach complete the bathroom first and then move to the next one, then move to the next one. That's how I teach it because then when you're done, you go back to the bathroom, you mop and you mop your way out and then you're done. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Okay. So, um, a couple more questions. So as, as, as a host, right. And, 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 and being over some, some cleaners as well. Um, one of the things that we're particular about with our, with our guests is we personally, we do not want our guests doing dishes before they check out. And here's why not everybody has the same level of cleanliness. Not everybody cleans the same. So assuming you have a dishwasher in your unit and the guest is loading dishes into the dishwasher, right? Not all dishwashers are created equal. Not all dishwashers are pot scrubbing dishwashers, right? And so a guest may not pre-clean the utensils before they load or the pots and pans before they load into the dishwasher, set the dishwasher, let it run. And then in some cases, even take the dishes out and put them up in, in the cabinet, right? Yes. With food still stuck on the utensils, yep. with grease and debris still on the pots and pans, they literally unload the dishwasher of stuff they've just washed <laughs> and will put it in the cabinets as if it's ready to go. Absolutely. Put it, you know what I'm saying? So we learned a long time ago, we don't want any guests doing our, 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 our dishes or anything. We want our cleaners to do it. Because we know we're not going to end up with a coffee mug with the lipstick stain on it inside yeah, the pantry, absolutely. right? Or the utensil, the fork that's got food debris on it, right? And so um, how do you guys handle, like, um, your cleaners coming behind a guest who may have done some of that pre-cleaning stuff before? Yeah, I mean, there are times where we could take everything and put it in the dishwasher, but sometimes that takes time. So I make sure we spot check. That is major. When I actually... First started this business, I was cleaning by myself because I actually was not planning on making it a business. So I was cleaning uh, the units by myself. And my one of my first cleans, it was a party. It was like Houston week or whatever, you know, Houston, I don't know, when they celebrate the day, 713 day or something like that. I don't know. So <laughs> um, I knew it was going to be a mess. And I went through and something just called me to open. I opened all the cabinets. And for some reason, I just grabbed a coffee mug and I looked in it and there was a cigarette butt inside of it. And I was like, whoa, mm. that is something I definitely need to always check now that I never thought of is because of that one little experience. Because actually, while I was cleaning, I always wrote down notes. I always write down notes, but to, to be better the next time. So I'm like, wow, this is something. And now, now that I train people. Um, I, I tell them the same thing and the, the, the high touch points where people forget the most as well. You know, the, the coffee, the coffee pot, even the carafe, sometimes there's still coffee stains inside of it. Not only does the coffee grounds uh, inside the oven, inside their microwave, I've seen rotting food inside the oven and the guests left it in there. <laughs> Imagine if I didn't open it. So those kind of things, you really have to be really detail oriented on those kind of things. So for the dishes, what we do, I make I, I make sure that they have to open all of the cabinets in the units, period. 
even if it's not in the kitchen, but specifically talking about the kitchen, um, spot check the mugs, spot check the forks and the spoons. I've seen caked on food, the utensils, uh, those kind of things. There's been food on there. And I'm like, hey, you guys, you, you have to check. And then we have to clean it. And we clean it and we put it back. Actually, I did a YouTube on it <laughs> on that specific uh, topic. So it's it's out. And you'll see that I have like I found a coffee mug with lipstick stain on it that looked like it went in the dishwasher. And I had to go in and clean it up a little bit more. But uh, touching more on that, it is really important to open all of the cabinets. Because the thing about when you're thinking about this is a whole nother subject, but between residential cleaners and uh, short-term rental cleaners, residential cleaners are not used to going through somebody's cabinets. So a lot of times, even refrigerators. So usually they'll leave the refrigerator alone and with the food in it and the and the cabinets filled with whatever. But I mean, we're also in Texas. I we've we found guns. We have found uh, drugs. Uh, we have found um, you know people making fake IDs in these units. So. You have to really pay attention because you do not want the next guest coming in with maybe a child who found something they shouldn't have found. Even the pots and pans. You got to open the cabinets, look inside the pots and pans, open up the lid, see if there's anything in there. Make sure another kid didn't leave a blueberry in there or something like that. So it really is like a whole reset type of clean. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, and this is good stuff. So I, I hope the listeners are picking this up because this is like this is like the 201 level of uh, cleaning. So what do you um, what do you do when you have and let me ask you this first. Do you have do you have any like single family uh, residential units in your portfolio? Yes. OK, perfect. So how in those situations, because I've, I've had this question asked of me, another other host who deal with this. How do you handle like trash day? If there's trash and it's not trash day, but there's a turn, but the, the you know what I'm saying? So how did how does that work? That, that's a great question. Let's discuss, please. <laughs> because that's a very important thing. Usually I want you in my perfect world, the host would know would want to know, would know what to do with their trash and we just follow the instructions. But that is that is a whole uh question so i do suggest that hey let your your if we're gonna be there on trash day or before trash day we are happy to put it out in the corner i have seen hosts leave trash in in the garage which is not the best idea because it starts smelling really bad um sometimes the, the cleaner forgets to even go into the garage which is even worse um so a lot of my hosts tell the guests, hey, the trash day is this day. Make sure you put it outside for trash day. As a guest, I don't mind that. Um, we put out the trash in our own house <laughs> when trash day comes along. So um, I always ask hosts to highly suggest to the, the guests that they, they put out the trash. They're staying at a residential place. It's a normal thing to do. But it does pile up. And so we always make sure we communicate on what the host wants us to do. And sometimes we notice that there's a whole bunch of trash. And of course the host doesn't know because they're not around. I have hosts who live all around the world. So we'll say, Hey, here's a picture. When is your trash day? So we can make sure we'll put it out. And sometimes we put it out if the, you know, if the HOA is okay with it, we just put it out until the trash day um, comes. If we're lucky uh, that neighborhood has trash twice a week and we can leave it out and then it'll, it'll eventually be picked up. 
but we help coordinate with that for sure. Got it. Got it. Love it. Great, great answers. <laughs> so we, uh, so what we've done in the past combination of things, but, um, if it's, if it's, if it's trash day, like the guest is checking out and it's trash day, but let's say the guest checkout is at 11, but the trash runs at eight o'clock in the morning. Part of our pre checkout message is to let the guests know um, tomorrow morning to your checkout, the, tr the, the trash will run. Uh, and then when we request them to get um, any, gather up any trash either early that morning or the night before and get it out onto the curb. Exactly. So, uh, and, and then when a cleaner comes in, they'll verify that that did happen in instances where they're checking out and it's not a trash day. Um, we have, uh, ex we have trash, uh, receptacles that, uh, they can put the trash in, um, big, large ones. So some communities, um, they have the automated trucks that'll come and pick up the trash receptacles and dump them. And then others, there's still guys riding on the back that are coming by scooping them up. But in either case, if it's a situation where it's, it's a non-trash day, and there's excess trash, we'll ask them to bag it up and put it in one of the receptacles, um, typically in the backyard of the property. Um, and then on a cleaning day or whenever the cleaner comes again, then we'll ask for that cleaner to, um, you know, put the, uh, put the trash on the curb, you know? And so we, 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 we also work with that. And then the third way is that, uh, our community managers, the same ones that do the quality control checks. Um, if they're doing one on a non-trash day or the, the, the day before trash day, then we'll have them put it out. So it's a combination of those three things, but yeah, that's a very common, like real issue. I think that hosts and cleaners deal with. Yeah. Because like I said, we only, we have a specific skill set. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now we have to take out the trash. But I mean, as a housekeeper, we facil help facilitate everything. Um, we've even taken the trash with us. I don't re recommend it at all. I actually don't like my cleaners taking the trash with them. But at the same time, sometimes they volunteer to because they see the need that it needs to be getting, you know, we got to get rid of it. So we do try to do what we got to do to make sure that it's ready for the next guest. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So before we wrap this up, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, in, in terms of like, um, how you determine what you're going to charge a host yeah. for their property. Is there like a, like, do you have like set amounts? Is it the property specific? Is it, um, like based on size? Like, what does that look like? It's it, it is a set. We have like a range so if we're talking about a one bedroom apartment or we're talking about a two bedroom apartment or a two bedroom house, there's a range for apartments and there's a range for houses. Um, and then it's not really particularly the size because right now we're in Texas. So all the sizes are basically the same. Apartment size is going to be the same. House sizes are going to be big. That's just <laughs> that's how it is in Texas. So we don't even need to go and check it. What we need to know is like the level, the expectations and the levels of difficulty that's where we decide the price. So there have been times, for example, where we've, we've had a client where they've had a lot of units and we have to go to a specific apartment complex where only the short-term rentals are always gonna be on the third floor because that's as, has, as high as the apartment complex goes. Um, and then it's only stairs. So now my cleaner has to go to their office, pick up the clean linens, the consumables, bring it to the the apartment complex, go up the stairs with all of this stuff, then come back down and get their mop, their vacuum, all their cleaning supplies, go back up. By the time they get to the unit, they're already tired. <laughs> they're already exhausted and they haven't even started cleaning. So those kind of things. 
And then when we're done, the trash, um, you have to, we have to take it to the dump, which is all the way in the corner of the a complex. It's not the complex where they have a trash chute available nearby. It's one of those you have to kind of drive or walk a distance to take it there. And um, what ends up happening is your cleaners don't want to go there anymore because it's just too hard. And you don't you don't want to you don't want to have these like wars where it's like, oh, I don't want to go there. And I'm oh, if I have to go there, I'm not going to go and clean, which you understand, because I always like to clean even, you know, not till this day. But if I get like a new client that I'm not really familiar with the style, I'll go and clean it. I'll be there so I can kind of know what my cleaners will have to go through. So in that particular unit, I know exactly what they had to go through because I had to do the same thing. And I was exhausted by the time I just got there. So those kind of places, um, we do have to make it a little bit more um, add cushion to it because then we won't have anybody to go over there and you're going to have the same problem. Usually host is going to have the same issue. If I tell you this is the issue, those issues are always going to happen. So are, are we going to you know, fix the issue or are we going to keep looking for a new cleaner? I'm just going to let you know what it is and your problem that you're going to continue to have. So you can either deal with us because we'll clean it and we'll make sure it's done. But um, they have to be compensated well for it. Otherwise, they're not going to want to do it. And I don't want to do it either. So I understand. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So, uh, so last question, uh, Mila, if, um, so what's, what's one, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. So, so what's uh what's one uh tip or piece of advice that you would give to um both new hosts and even seasoned experience operators that have multiple doors um when they are looking to bring on uh, a new cleaning partner? Hmm. I'm I mean obviously you're going to want to have the best cleaner when you're, you know, hiring a cleaner. So what I would think you should look for, right? That's the question. Um, what you should look for is, um, what do you call it? I can't come up with the word, but yeah, punctu punctuality. That's what I would look for. Punctuality. If somebody um, calls now with the calls, that's another thing I've, I've had, you know, a bad review just because we didn't answer the phone. We're busy. Okay. With, well, if we have a host, their clean is going to get done. So we're busy doing all of that. Uh, that's why we kind of have a, a quote situation going on. But what I would look for is punctuality, actually even automation, to be quite honest. Like mm. this is a type of automated type of business. You need somebody there for sure. You need to be able to rely that they're going to be there. So when it comes to us, we kind of already show that we're, we're going to be on time. We're going to clean it. I always explain to my host too, if it's not a same day clean, cause we do have, um, when they're booking with us, we do have a button. Is it same day or is it not a same day? So we need to know the urgency of the clean. So if it's not a same day, we will schedule our same days first and then we'll go afterwards and we let them know it's going to be done within, uh, 24 hours. Actually it's going to be done before the next day at three, always hundred percent, every single time mm. we will, the, from the, from the time you, uh, book your cleaning. So let's say you book a clean today at 11. It will be done tomorrow by three, whether it's the same day or, or not a same day. Um, so I would look for punctuality, professionalism, and if the clean is done right. And then, you know, from there you can build if you need anything else that you need to build on. But that's what I would look for. 
I think that's what everybody should look for. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And I and and, and I lied because I have one more question. <laughs> so, right. so, so so what what is your what's your tip for removing odors that linger? Like you have whether it's a whether it's you know and 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 I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but certain cultures have strong when they cook, right? Oh, yeah. The odor lingers or could be like smoke like what's your remedy for like removing lingering odors so yeah we've had that a lot and yeah we've had this before so what we do obviously we have to open all the windows some places don't even have windows especially these apartments but we open the doors and we open the windows and we turn on the fan we try to do the best with our cleaning products so actually what we do is we clean it and see if the smell is, you know, still there. If it is, then we do, some of us carry around air fresheners and spray a little bit of it. Cause you know, guests don't like the smell, but do they want the smell of, you know, food in their Airbnb? So the whole time we're gonna be cleaning, actually we report it to the host first. We, whenever we go and clean, we report anything that we observe immediately. And then we actually send a report at the end. Mm -hmm. So if there is an odor of any kind, um, you know, smoke or food, we let them know there's a really strong odor of food. There's a really strong odor of smoke. And then we proceed and we, like I said, open the windows, turn on the fans. And so maybe a clean will take, it depends on how big it is, but if it's an hour and a half to let's say three hours, four hours, we try to wait till the end to see if it smells and then spray it if need be um, with air freshener to alleviate the smell. Got it. Got it. Love it. Okay. And for, um, for hosts also, um, I think it's, uh, it's whenever possible, it's, uh, advantageous to have multiple units, uh, in the same building or in the same proximity in case you run, in case you understand that one off situation where a get, you have a turn, a same day turn and the previous guests, um, you know, they, 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 they were, they were smoking and maybe your, 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 your unit is smelling and you have to run a ozone machine or something. Um, yeah. you need that, you know, you, you need that time if it's available, uh, to run the ozone machine. And if it's not having that extra unit, um, that, that could potentially be available could salvage that, that, that booking. So yes. yeah, we've had, we've had experience with that too. So. Oh yeah. Us too. We've had um, clients where they have several units in one building and yeah, we have to get the ozone machine and start running it. And, uh, but yeah, that's why we reported in the beginning. So everybody knows we need to fix this problem <laughs> now. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Mila, man, I, I wow. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> jumping on with us and sharing these gems and just giving us an insight into, you know, like a cleaning, a real true cleaning company's operation, you know, how you built it out, you know, some of your, 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 your KPIs, your metrics, if you will, and on quality control and stuff like that. If the listeners want to get a hold of you, maybe they have questions, maybe they want to hire you, right. Especially if they're here in Texas, right. Um, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Oh, go to www.hostkeeper.com. H-O-S-T-K-E-Y-P-E-R. Like a key. <laughs> Got Hostkeeper, it. I'm on Instagram at Mila the Hostkeeper. On LinkedIn, Mila the Hostkeeper. On YouTube, Mila the Hostkeeper. <laughs> Just Google Mila the Hostkeeper. You'll find me. 
<laughs> awesome awesome so folks we will have that information in the show notes as well uh but again mila oh, oh my goodness i appreciate you coming on tapping in with us um sharing these gems and uh we, we're, we'll look forward to having you back in the future for sure heck yeah thank you for having me noble i love this let's see you i could talk shop all day long <laughs> awesome awesome all right folks there you have it another successful episode of the hospitality cash flow podcast with noble crawford and we will see you on the next one